together that I am going to call uh, Wilderness Time. And in these number of weeks, we're going to talk about what life is like in the wilderness. And each week will be a different focus. For example, tonight, in the wilderness is a time of learning. Now, as you heard, as I read from Mark chapter 1, Jesus' wilderness time immediately followed what we might call a mountaintop experience. He had just been baptized, and there was this powerful affirmation. In fact, it's one of those times in the Bible when the entire Trinity is all there. You've got Jesus in the water, and you've got the dove, the Holy Spirit. You've got the voice of God say, this is my beloved son, listen to him. My beloved son, I'm well pleased in you. A high point for Jesus. But then the Spirit moved him into the wilderness. Now, the so-called synoptic Gospels, I'm just going to toss out a big word tonight. Synoptic just really means Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Um, say that the Spirit who descended on him is the same one who drove him out into the bleak, lonely, and dry wilderness for 40 days of testing. Now, I'm going to suggest to you tonight, and I don't think any of you would tend to disagree with me, that wilderness time is also part of our lives as well. Like Jesus, we really cannot live and engage life in meaningful ways without spending a certain amount of time living in the wilderness. Wilderness times are those times when we feel that we are absolutely pushed to the limits, and sometimes we describe those times in our lives with wilderness words like dry or desolate or lonely or agonizing, things like that. This Lenten series, as I thought about it, explores this difficult spiritual territory and on this very first week, this Ash Wednesday, we want to recognize that wilderness time is a time of learning. It's a time of learning. Now, Jesus' time in the wilderness, now he spent 40 days in the wilderness, even as we will in our Lenten journey. It came right after he began his public ministry. And it was kind of 40 days where Jesus more or less sorted out what mattered most and he got a very clear view of what God's will was for his life. Now, the longer accounts of this story, and uh, you're going to hear some of the longer account of it this weekend as we uh, share a message called Enduring the Desert. But Matthew and Luke tell us that Jesus was tempted by wealth. He was tempted by fame and power to deviate from his mission. And as we follow Jesus into the wilderness, we can see that our own wilderness time can also be a very important time for us to learn, to learn how to test our values, to look at what's most important to us and learn how to make decisions about life's priorities based upon the clear teaching of God's Word and the example given to us by God's very own Son, Jesus. Now, I don't have to convince anyone that times in the wilderness can be challenging. And I know some of you uh, may have just come out of a wilderness. Some of you may feel like you're in it. And some of you may feel like, oh, it just seems like one is creeping up on you. But I can pretty much guarantee you that if you're not in one, 
chances are it's coming. And sometimes the questions we ask during those times are, how do we handle these challenges? How do we handle these wilderness times? Are, are, are these challenges, are these the same things as temptations? And what's the difference between temptations and challenges? Well, we all know that temptations are just part of living the Christian life. And the closer we, become, we come to God, guess what? It seems like the more we're tempted. I remember a college professor explained something that Luther had, had said at one time. And he said, you know, we are tempted by the devil, the world, and our own sinful flesh. And he said, and Luther had remarked that if he could possibly get his sinful flesh under subjection, the next thing you know, the world would be driving him crazy. And he said, and if somehow I could get my own flesh under control, and I could get the world somehow under control, he said, the next thing I would hear was this, Satan calling. We're always going to have to deal with those, the devil, the world, and our sinful flesh. It may surprise you to hear that the closer you draw, draw to the Lord, the more temptations come. And, and the simple reason is because Satan does not like any of us getting closer to God, and he will do anything he can to derail your attempts at holiness. Now, temptation is a very real part of life, especially challenging when we're going through what we might call wilderness times. Those times when we are down or depressed or discouraged or afraid or disappointed or lonely, well, guess what? Satan likes to kick you when you're down. And what I want us to recognize this evening is that every temptation that you and I encounter in this life brings with it a corresponding challenge. I mean, meeting challenges head on is the way that you and I learn how to deal with temptation. That's why our wilderness journeys are times of learning. I mean, for example, in our wilderness times, we are tempted to stray from our values. We are tempted to deviate from what we have learned. We are tempted to deviate from what we know is true in the Bible. We're tempted to deviate from the Ten Commandments, which we know. We're tempted to deviate, you know, as my grandparents used to say, from the way in which you was raised. And they would often say to me, you know better. We rationalize in those times. We rationalize why we're behaving a certain way. And guess what? Satan will give you all kinds of logical excuses. In fact, he'll give you a number of illogical excuses. In fact, that's why I often refer to the word rationalize as rational lies. We try to tell ourselves lies that seem to make sense. Our challenge is to stand firm on our convictions. Our challenge is to stand firm on the rock-solid foundation of Jesus Christ and his word and to remain true to those biblical values. Now, in the wilderness, sometimes we're actually tempted to avoid life's pain and struggle. We tend to try to find the easy way out. And the challenge is to walk through the pain and the darkness to persevere and to take the difficult path or that road less traveled. Sometimes in our financial wilderness, we may become paralyzed with the fear of 
losing our job or maybe not being able to find a job. We may feel overwhelmed when we look at a stack of bills and wonder how on earth we're going to pay it. And we may, in that process, never even once think about stopping and asking God for help. I mean, after all, what does God know about money or money problems? In our wilderness times, we're often tempted also to listen to all kinds of other voices. Voices that lead us down the wrong path. Voices that lead us away from God. Radio, television, internet, all those voices tell us what's important in our lives. And these voices tell us that the good in our lives, actually the little g, God in our lives, is represented by money and power and security and fame. Now, I can tell you, those four things, there's really nothing wrong with them. I mean, money, power, security, fame, good stuff. But they become evil when Satan uses them to convince us that we do not need the capital G, God. I mean, we, we get kind of out of balance and we get confused about what's truly meaningful in our lives and what gives life our true purpose. See, the temptation is to believe that all that stuff we own is what we need in order to be happy and to feel better. We begin to think that happiness is just right around the corner if we could have, you know, just a little bit more money or uh, just a little bit more security or, or maybe just a little bit newer car or a little bit newer house or a little bit newer spouse, for example. I mean, the challenge in all of this in our wilderness times is to live lives knowing that God will provide us with everything we need to be happy. I heard one young girl say the other day, what a miserable day I'm having. This is, this is a miserable day. Uh, I could not help but respond Hey, this is the day the Lord has made. You will rejoice and be glad in it. See, that's why in the wilderness sometimes it can be a time of learning. And I think the biggest wilderness temptation all of us face is just to give up. I mean, just to give up and why try? I mean, why try to live a good life? And this isn't really a new problem. I think those of you that have been longtime Christ followers remember the words of Paul when he writes to the people at Corinth. He said, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but not crushed and broken. We are perplexed because we don't know why things happen as they do, but we don't give up and quit. We are hunted down, but God never abandons us. We get knocked down, but we get up and keep going. One of the first years that I was playing football in high school, I remember somebody literally ran over me. Now, I was only a freshman, and he was a senior from another school who went on to play for the Minnesota Vikings a number of years. A guy by the name of John Kirby, he just basically cleats right up and over me. I laid there for a moment, and then I can remember our high school football coach, Coach Scove, says, Get up. <laughs> Don't just lay there. Get up. And I, I mean, I immediately bounded up and, and he, and he was basically pointing. It's like, don't just lay there. Don't stop just because you got knocked down. I mean, what a, I mean, that's kind of a goofy example, but have you ever been knocked down? 
Maybe you just need to be told, get back up again. The only way to keep from giving up when we find ourselves in the wilderness is to do the same thing Jesus did when he was led into his wilderness, and that was just to hang in there. We, we need to learn to rise to meet the challenges head on, to persevere in doing what's right. And, and exactly as Jesus does, as we're going to hear more about this coming weekend, is to be faithful to God, to be faithful to the promises of God, uh, to be faithful in trusting God, in listening to God, and to loving God, and to serving God, just being faithful. I mean, I think every once in a while I kind of wonder, what on earth am I doing? Am I going anywhere? Am I getting anything done? And then all of a sudden, that Bible passage from Proverbs 3 pops into my head. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He'll make straight your paths. And it's kind of God's subtle way of saying, don't just lay there. Get up. Come on. You know better. Keep walking. I'm with you. In fact, I've been down the path ahead of you. See, the good news is whatever challenge you're in, whether you've just come through the wilderness, guess what? Guess who led you through it? I mean, if you're now entering it, guess who's going to go with you? I mean, if there's, if there's a challenge out there, guess who's waiting on the other side of it? It's still the Lord. Now, in, in preparation for this series, uh, I finished reading a book by Max Licato, a Christian author. And, and uh, the thing that struck me about the book was a phrase that he can continually used, and the phrase was, I've been there. I've been there. Now, I just want to read you just one paragraph out of the book. The phrase, I've been there, is in the chorus of Jesus' theme song that he sings to us. To the lonely, Jesus whispers, I've been there. To the discouraged, Jesus nods his head and sighs, I've been there. For every challenge we face, Jesus can say, I've been there. See, Jesus knows what it's like to be tempted. Imagine 40 days in the wilderness. Jesus is still tempted. He knows what it's like to be challenged. He knows what it's like to be in the wilderness. Jesus has been there. And it was in that wilderness time, immediately after his baptism, like I said, he came up with a mountaintop experience and then, boom, led out into the wilderness for 40 days, only to be pummeled by Satan himself. And I can guarantee you that during that time, Jesus struggled. Jesus probably grieved. He probably suffered some doubt. He suffered some great temptations. And I'll bet most of us would admit that while we've been in the wilderness, we have never really spent 40 days and 40 nights trapped in the presence of Satan. And even if we were, guess what? What did he say? I've been there. See, there's always good news that comes out of a wilderness. Each time we are able to meet the challenge in a wilderness, it helps prepare us for the next challenge or wilderness that's out there. I mean, we struggle with our temptations in the wilderness, and out of that struggle comes character. I mean, think about it this way. We know that often our temptations seem like hopeless traps of devastation. But I want you to consider another view, if you will, of temptation. Temptation can also be a time of learning, 
of learning more about yourself as you imagine the consequences that would actually occur if you were to yield to that temptation. See, we can mentally work through the consequences instead of actually having to live through them. And the benefit is obvious, but only if we act on the temptation do we create negative consequences for ourselves and others. I always think of a great illustration that Pastor Chuck Swindoll gave a number of years ago about considering the consequences of your sin. And I remember listening to this sermon, and he said, I want to speak to the men. And I don't think he was meaning to be sexist, but back in the 70s, more men than women traveled regularly with their jobs. He said, I just want to speak to the men for a moment. He said, because and particularly you guys that are going to be flying out to your next job site this next week. He said, and when you get to that strange town and you check into that strange hotel and you're walking through and you happen to look into that strange bar and you see that strange woman and you decide to ask her up to your room, I pray that as you're about ready to get into the bed that you will see me standing at the end looking at you you may want to consider that. And when I listened to that sermon, I went, boo! (laughs) I mean, all he was saying was, play it out. Play out the consequences. And when you consider what the consequences could be, maybe you hear Jesus' voice saying, I've been there. And I made it. And so can you. So we learn from Jesus that we meet the challenges of the wilderness by meeting God daily. I mean, Jesus, the very Son of God, was ready to meet the challenges in the wilderness because he was in contact every last single one of those 40 days with his Father in heaven. Remember, his Father's promise was, you're my beloved Son. I'm well pleased in you. He's going to be there with him. I mean, that's how Jesus knew God's will for his life. It's also the way that we learn God's will for our lives. Each and every day when you meet God, when you meet him daily in prayer, when you meet him daily in his word, or as you meet him daily in some type of worship, you hear God's voice in the wilderness just like you do when you're on the mountaintop. I know mountaintops are a lot of fun. I mean, they really are. I mean, there's nothing more exciting sometimes for me than to be with all those guys down at Louisiana State Prison in worship time. It's a mountaintop experience. But, you know, I've sat with those guys and talked to them later and know that when they walk back to those dormitories, when they walk back to where they stay, it's back into the wilderness. But, you know, what those guys will say with a smile on their face is that the same God who was with us was on the mountain, is the same God who's with us in the valley. And that voice of God that is everywhere will prepare you for whatever temptations that might arise when you find yourself in your next wilderness. Each and every one of us can thank God tonight, even as our Lenten journey begins with Jesus entering the wilderness, that we can walk through ours too with Jesus. He's been there. And he will always be there with you. In his name we pray. Amen. Let's stand and join together in an affirmation of faith.